0: Yeah. <laughs> Hello! Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Second Chance Cinema called Be Kind Rewind, where we have recut, re-edited our first season's episodes and we are re-releasing them during our second season. Just for your listening pleasure and to make sure that no every other Friday goes without you listening to the wonderful and honest insights of MCN's Pro. But just a quick reminder that we do curse. We spoil movie endings, among other things, and we sometimes have ADD. Furthermore, our hosts do not censor our content nope what you're gonna get is real and raw and honest but we do invite all of our audience members to engage in whatever conversation we have however they wish via twitter or facebook or email we're here for you stay tuned to the bumper at the end to find out how to get a hold of us but for now let's have some good fun as we uncover another wonderful the enjoy the show
1: A little bit about what's going on in this room because I think there are some fascinating ramifications here for the future. When you introduce genetic material of research quality to a life-form such as ours which is possessed of a, a sort of, a, I hesitate to use the word, atavism but let us say a highly aggressive nature. For example, that fellow over near the, um, I believe that's a common bat of the order Choroptera, the only mammals, I might add, capable of flying. Ah, oh, genetic sunblock. Yes. Yeah. Might I have a brief word with you? My friend, you have potential. I want to help you be all that you can be, may I? As I'm sure you're aware, sunlight poses a problem for our uh, ethnic group. We don't tin, we don't burn. Frankly, we just become a rather unappetizing sort of photochemical leftover. Thus, this formula, specially designed for those of the nocturnal persuasion, to make bright light no problem whatever. That will be of crucial usefulness where you will be going. What does he mean where he'll be going? We can't let them get away. All they have to do is to eat three or four children, and that would be the most appalling publicity. There it is. The apple. The city's so nice, they named it twice. Check it out one time, won't you?
2: Alright, everybody, welcome back to another episode. This is episode number 10, right? Number 10. Of Second Chance like- Cinema. I am one of your hosts, MC. I'm Spro. And today we've got a special movie, it was a request actually. It was on my Facebook page and I just watched it for the first time probably in, I would say 20 years. Oh, really? Uh, this afternoon. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw it. Put it this way, I remember the video game more than I remember the movie. <laughs> the Nintendo game more than I remember the actual movie. So I rented it on Amazon, watched it this afternoon, and it was fantastic.
0: This and was actually one of my college buddy's favorite films that he could like quote every... Like, really? Number one. Number one, Gremlins 2. It was one of the things that I remembered about him, so we wow. watched this in college.
2: Usually we give a little more suspense up into the lead into the title, but you just went right They it. clicked it in the poster. That's right. They've <laughs> seen the poster. So anyway, Gremlins 2 the new batch is Mm -hmm. the movie that we're going to be talking about today and when was this released 1990 1990 okay so I was nine didn't see it in the theater or anything like that I don't even remember where I saw it it was probably on like Cinemax or something like that and I remember I probably saw it at a time when I wasn't sure whether I was supposed to be scared or supposed to be laughing right and it turns out when you're an adult it's both (laughs) But not necessarily scared in terms of like horror suspense scared, more scared as in like the fact that it quite accurately predicts some things that would turn out to happen in 2018 um, in terms of like corporate culture and real estate tycoons, all that sort of thing, <laughs> is eerily predicted in this mm-hmm. film. And in addition, there are great creature effects, cool monsters, funny dialogue, all that stuff. So... So, what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to play the trailer for the movie, see if this brings back any memories. And during the course of the trailer, I'm going to take it upon myself to challenge myself by writing a haiku that uh, has to do specifically with this film. And, Spro, what is a haiku again?
0: Haiku is an ancient art form
2: mm-hmm. from
0: the Japanese sea
2: mm-hmm. men. Exactly. Seamen.
0: Yep. Sailors. Yep. yep. That they would use to buy the time on their long scopes out to Guam.
2: Exactly. And the Those 5 syllables, 7 syllables, 5 syllables. That's the construct of a haiku. 5 syllables, 7 syllables, 5 syllables. So you listen to the trailer and we'll come back with something good.
1: Remember the last time? We told you not to feed them after midnight. We told you to keep them away from the light and the most important warning of all we told you to never ever get them wet you didn't listen
3: they're mutating sir is the
1: building on fire no no that's a false alarm Are you trying to panic, New York City? Absolutely not.
2: (coughs) So the monsters
1: are real? I didn't say that. Gremlins 2. The new batch. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense. Civilized.
2: So that was a trailer that was actually kind of a lame trailer to be honest like i thought considering the ones we've heard so far on the show like that was sort of an underwhelming trailer i
0: could have probably found a better one that was just what was on imdb and actually the voices didn't link up to the mouse which drive me nuts oh okay which thank you to you you sent me a vimeo
2: link for gremlins 2 to watch and oh, pop yeah. it on last night <laughs> well yeah that's our first faux pas which <laughs> is an appropriate way to describe it because i thought i I thought I did us both a favor and found the movie on Vimeo. And then I sent it to him and I was like, hey, found this, you know, hope this helps or whatever. And it did. I was like, yeah, oh, I, well, I don't even have to like go find this at the exchange. Me too. To the point, oh, I didn't think to look there. That's a good <laughs> idea. I called the li- I called two libraries. And oh, no, I got F- to the F-Y-E. exchange first. <laughs> so both copies were checked out at the library, <laughs> FYI. So I sent the video to him and I had it myself. So I was like, I don't need to worry about this. I can watch this day of, no problem. So this morning comes and I go to throw it on. <laughs> And it turns out we had the French dub. Yep. So I let it play for a few minutes. I thought, well, maybe the first scene in this movie is in French for context or something. But
0: I watched it in French last night. Okay. Because I took French in high school. I took French
2: too. And I, I could kind of understand what was going Très on. Trabian was yeah. the only thing that I was like, oh, that meant great. <laughs> Trabian. But eventually I had to cave and buy it on Amazon or rent it on Amazon.
0: And so. I saw this a lot in college. So I was like, no, I got it. You know, like, okay. I
2: actually enjoyed watching it in French. Well, if you had a roommate whose favorite movie was this, then... Not a roommate. Or a friend. Just a college buddy. A buddy whose... This was his favorite movie. I know one of
0: my roommates is an
2: avid listener, and so he would probably be... Would correct me. Okay. Fair enough. So, Gremlins 2. Okay, so the haiku. Ready? Yep. Five seven five. Do not get them wet. Oop. No eating after midnight. Ooh. They're just like children. Wow. Is that not philosophical or Yeah, you
0: incorporated two of the rules. Right. Which rule did you leave out?
2: Sunlight. Oh, okay. Because that kills them. That's a different kind of rule. No water. Water makes them multiply. Food makes them multiply. Sunlight kills them. saying gremlins are just like children. You're right. Or mogwais.
0: Mm, They're the same, no? (laughs) Well, gremlins are like mogwais on...
2: Meth and feminine. <laughs> I mean, gremlins technically come from mogwais, right? Right. But mogwais don't come from, from gremlins. Correct. Okay. So I guess it's a chicken and the egg sort of thing. Yep. Okay. Well, mogwais come from mogwais. They don't really get into that, And gremlins
0: they? are like no, a parasite that grows out of the water.
2: In the universe, mogwais come from... Chinese men who own thrift shops Correct. in the seedy downtown areas of Kingston Falls or whatever it was called. And that's something they just pass over, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and he died. I mean, that would be a good prequel, Gizmo's Origin Story. Mm-hmm. I, I'd watch that. Um, well,
0: anything. Okay, so while we're diving in, 1990 is when this film came out. This is so marketable to just have a series of gremlin films. Why, why, why have we not?
2: I'm sure there are reasons I was as I was looking for a version that was not in French I stumbled upon the and I always want to say his name Zach Galifianakis but that's not it the main actor uh, Galligan Zach Galligan that's right he did an interview where he was like yeah Gremlins 3 is happening but you could tell it was one of those interviews where it's like well what else is he doing well exactly it's like when the Green Power Ranger says yeah I'm gonna be the Power Ranger again someday the funny thing is
0: everybody seems to be on board with Gremlins 3 you got Zach Galligan Phoebe Cates Christopher Columbus who wrote it
2: see i thought she was kind of like out of the acting game like she owns like a clothing store in new york or some weird something
0: don't they all i guess but i mean it's like a
2: I don't know. It's like clothing that's only made of like breast milk or something like that.
0: She was a voice in Lego Dimensions video game in 2015. Oh, okay. So yeah, you were right though. So... In 2001, she was in the anniversary party. That's her two top two credits.
2: Yeah. So, so she
0: is kind of out of the acting game, but she, she did say that she would be willing to come back. And Joe Dante said, the only person that from my research that said that they, you know, are struggling to put one together is Warner Brothers, who graced us with Justice League.
2: Oh, <laughs> did you see that? I did. Did you like it? I slept through half of it. It was so bad. Do we have to do spoilers? I mean, yeah, spoiler alert for (laughs) those people who are complaining about spoilers. Like, it was so bad. I couldn't
0: stop looking at Superman's lip and being like, I don't understand what's going on here. What was wrong with his lip? They superimposed out his mustache.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Because he had a mustache. (laughs) That's right, that's right. They are like, oh, we'll just just use CGI to get rid of it. As
2: opposed to Marvel when Captain America... Chris Evans had a beard at the end of Avengers, and they did that whole thing where they're eating shawarma. Mm-hmm. All they did was have him sit with his hand on his face. <laughs> it's like, okay, that works. <laughs> right. As opposed to CGing. That's like the, um, you remember you saw John Wick? Yep. The, the did you part- see the whole thing? Yeah, I've seen the whole okay. thing finally. I walked out the first time when the right, dog died, that. and I was like, I was in a bad place. I was like, I don't want to deal with this. I just walked out. But I finally saw the whole thing, and it's awesome. I fast-forwarded through the dog part, but there's a part when he gets the dog, the dog craps on the front lawn, uh-huh. that's a CGI crap that costs $5,000 to make. Nice. Fact. So it's just like, why, why would you not have the dog actually crap, which is the equivalent of Chris Evans putting his hand over his mouth, as opposed to CGIing a crap, which is the equivalent of Justice League? Like, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> like, it was something between Warner Brothers and Paramount. He was doing a Paramount movie that he needed a mustache for. And Paramount was like, well, you can't shave it off to go do your Warner Brothers rewrites or reshoots. Oh. But if I was Warner Brothers, I'd be like, we'll pay for the fake mustache that he could put on for your movie (laughs) if we could just have him shave it off for ours.
2: We definitely need to stay on the topic of Gremlins, but here's the Justice League (laughs) things. There are two things. So I watched it. I caught it. It's on HBO now, and I caught it halfway through, watched it, determined it sucked. Then I realized maybe it only sucked because I didn't see the first half. Watched the first half, then the second half, and I was right. It sucked. The point that I realized how bad it was came at the very end when they've just <laughs> defeated Steppenwolf and Cyborg says, booyah. <laughs> then, when that happened, like I was probably watching it alone in the house with just the animals, and I probably slapped myself on the <laughs> forehead. And it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? It was very bad.
0: And I'm glad we brought this up because they put out that. But for some reason, Gremlins 3 is not something that they're willing to put any effort into.
2: Which circles us back to Gremlins 2. Right. Which, like I said, I watched today for the first time in a long time, so I took notes. And there is quite a bit to unpack when it comes to Gremlins 2, the new batch.
0: I think Gremlins 2 is a question that you can ask anybody who says that they're a movie lover. If you like Gremlins
2: 2 because it's such an homage to everything that is out there. It's, and it's more than a spoof, right? Like there are parts of it that I didn't remember from the first time seeing it, but then like all the self-referential stuff they do, like oh, it's when they have so the, meta. the movie, it is <laughs> it's really meta. <laughs> they have the critic reviewing the first Gremlins, and he's like, "What a piece of shit this was," and <laughs> blah blah blah. And then the Gremlins strangle him with film tape. Well, he was giving his his original review of Gremlins, Leonard Malden. Oh, was that the real review? That was his real review. Then. Oh, I didn't know that. Like
0: Joe Dante was like, "We we want to do this thing," and he was like, "Oh, absolutely." I'll Joe be Dante
2: from Small Soldiers, right? Correct. Yeah, that was the that's the hit director. us up on Twitter, man.
0: <laughs> We've already gotten
2: Harry Renard. We need you too. There you go. <laughs> so, so anyway, the movie starts out. Let's see. The movie starts out with the Chinese guy who is the keeper of Gizmo, uh, Mr. Wing. Mr. Wing has his shop in New York somewhere, and this probably Chinatown. Oh, that's a good guess. With yeah. the banners and everything. Good thinking. Mm-hmm. The mogul of the story, Mr. Clamp, depending on what review you read, is a satire of Donald Trump. Right. Which is totally believable. And according to trivia that I found, there is a
0: uh, deleted scene where they said that Daniel Clamp would make a great president one day.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so eerie. The Clamp Corporation. Not saying that he's a great president. No. no, no. Well, remember we said <laughs> we're not going to get political Correct. on this show. The movie starts with Clamp. On a television monitor being placed in front of Mr. Wing and like saying Jigsaw. Right, exactly like Jigsaw or like Mr. Um, Yao from The Dark Knight. All right. Which there's another rabbit hole we could go down. <laughs> do, you, do you remember The Dark Knight at all? Yeah. So The Dark Knight came out in what, 2008, 2009, something like that? 2007. A point in life when there were flat screen TVs. Okay. Yet these rich, filthy rich monsters are sitting in the cafeteria of some like luncheon diner that's off the grid, and they come. He he gets presented to them on this big ass tube TV that's not even plugged in, and somehow he shows up, and somehow that TV has a microphone and a camera that they're able to talk back and forth. Oh, of course. I digress. Two thousand eight. Anyway. So Mr. Clamp comes and apparently tries to purchase something from Mr. Wing that Mr. Wing is not willing to... Well, he's a developer, so I think he wanted, like, his shop right. so he could demolish it or something Absolutely. like that. And then he, he says, no, I'm not going to sell you my shop. And then the scene ends with just the big excavator arm coming through the top of the shop anyway. And well, they that's do, how, like,
0: three weeks later or something like oh, that. Oh, maybe it was something like Because Mogwai, or Gizmo, I guess we can call him by his name, mm-hmm. was uh, sad. So oh, okay. very yeah. crying. That's when the arm breaks through the wall. Oh, okay, so maybe he did relent. Away.
2: Maybe he did relent into selling. Anyway, I um, think he just died. Okay, so Gizmo said the shop's demolished, so Gizmo then, did he escape, or did he... He ran out into the alleyway, and that's, that's where right. the guy palms his face slowly. He does that, that trope of, oh,
0: look at this, and then slowly, for like five seconds, reaches out toward the camera until his palm overtakes the camera, and, and that's, that's when, when the... you
2: know that Gizmo has been kidnapped. Right, okay. Uh, and he was one of the scientists mm-hmm. at, the, at the lab that leased... In It was kind of funny to me that there was a genetic laboratory that leased space in an office building in downtown Manhattan. Everything is in this office. Well, right. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny to me. I guess because I expect genetic laboratories to exist on, like, islands or something like that. Mm. But of note was the doctor, played by twins in the in the movie... <sighs> Who, they freak me out. Yeah, but do you remember who those guys were?
0: T1000. Yeah,
2: the, guy, the cop that the T1000 killed in front of the coffee machine. Right. Which, which with the finger through the eye. Which I knew right away when I saw the first one, and then the main doctor, whose name was Doctor Catheter, which right. is not even subtle. <laughs> I mean, he might as well have been like Doctor Diarrhea or Doctor <laughs> Like Colostomy Bag or something. He's like, so how are your researches? How's your research into cloning going? And the other guy turns around and he's like, very well, sir. And they're the exact same guy. I don't know why they disturb me so much, but they do.
0: No, not twins. Oh, those guys. Holy crap, don't pay me. (laughs) I I don't know. Those guys? I love twins. Twins are great. Okay. Twins are double the fun, right? Double the mint. No, those guys in particular. I don't know what it is about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. They look very alike.
2: I think that might be what it is.
0: That they're, like, exact, exact? They really identical. are, like...
2: like I mean, yeah, we've both encountered twins in our lifetime, <laughs> and you know that there are always, like, subtle differences. Mm-hmm. Those guys look really alike. And I mean, maybe that's because the camera does that. Like, maybe they, they're made up to look that way. Right, and directed, like, yeah. you move... But um, they they do look remarkably alike. Probably the most similar of any twins I've seen. So okay. I agree that they're a little bit weird. It took me back to the T-1000 and
0: right. everything. And they, he dies in that movie. Like, it's not like he's the bad guy in Terminator 2. Right.
2: But the image of them when they came on Gremlins 2, I was like, oh
0: my god, and these guys?
2: Well, because when did Terminator 2 come out? 91, right? Mm-hmm. So that was right after this.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah.
2: Anyway, so they find Gizmo in the alley and they think he's some kind of a rat from New York. And they bring him back to their lab which shows how good of scientists they are that they think that he's a rat <laughs> this mock why not is a rat super um, cute adorable that's the one thing i was going to bring up is like i didn't i don't remember gizmo being that cute but his all of his mannerisms were like meant to be just really really endearing and they were like everything from his little fingers and his little like chewed fingernails mm. to the way his eyes moved to his little like pouty lips he was just very very well done like the
0: only thing that you can like Strike against him is his bat like ears, but even those weren't
2: like offensively no, they're just grotesque skin. or anything, they right. were just you know, they looked like a dog's ears with no fur on them.
0: I couldn't picture it like I was like, what kind of animal lover would like. A magwai. Oh, I would love a mogwai. I mean, yeah, well, if you love animals, you would love a mogwai. But, like, is it a cat person? Is it a dog person? It's
2: more like a... I got the guinea pig vibe from, okay. from him. I don't know. I don't know why. He squeaked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so he gets kidnapped and taken to the lab, and that's how he gets introduced into the Clamp building, which happens to be where Billy and Kate right. were.
0: Billy and Peltzer Bill- and Kate Beringer.
2: Kate is Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. and Billy is Zach, not Galifianic
0: again Right.
2: And they both happen to work there. Uh, they live in New York and he's an architect, I think, or like an illustrator of sorts. Yeah. He does. They never show him like designing buildings, but he draws up these plans and like sketches of, of developments and buildings and stuff like that. And she's like a tour guide of the building. Yeah. So, so how does Gizmo escape? I forget. Oh, no. Billy lets him out. Billy goes to get him in the lab.
0: Right. But I don't because remember how he f-
2: the custodian here is the Magwai the It was the guy who was the courier who was delivering packages in the movie. Do you remember right. who he was? He was the guy from Training Day. You've seen Training Day. <laughs> yes. He was the guy from Training Day who Ethan Hawke is playing poker with at the end. There's can't think of their names. There's the guy who's in The Fast and the Furious, then there's the guy who's <laughs> Cliff Curtis, I think, is his name. Okay. And then there's the other guy whose name I don't know, but he's the one who says, "Yeah, I got my shit pushed in, bro." <laughs> that guy. He's that guy. He plays the courier in the movie. Guy. Yeah, he plays the courier. He's like super young, super skinny. In Training Day, he's super jacked and tattoos and all that stuff. But it's definitely him. And that was like one of the first things I noticed. Anyway, you're right. He goes up to the lab to deliver a specimen, and he hears Gizmo humming the song. And then he gets it stuck in his head and he comes down humming it you know, within earshot of Billy. And Billy's like, hey, where'd you hear that song? Right. And he says, up on the 51st floor or whatever. And that's when Billy goes to get gizmo. Mm hmm. So in doing that, and I like how Billy, when he gets to g- goes to get Gizmo, also just nonchalantly unlocks the cage for a couple <laughs> monkeys and lets them out right. as like a distraction. And then we never see what happens to the monkeys the rest of the movie.
0: Trivia on that one, the <clears throat> monkeys were terrified of the gremlins in this film and would not come out of their cages when the gremlins were on set.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. I could see that. The Mogwai or the gremlins? The gremlins. Okay, I could see that. So Billy goes to stash Gizmo in his drawer. And that's when we're introduced to the character of Marla, the redheaded PR girl. Oh, Marla. She talked like, um, I don't know, it was like an exaggerated Leah Remini story. Super Queen's accent. It's like, oh, Billy, we're going to have to get you out of this office and go- we're going to go take over the PR of all this stuff. And she had like this weird, like, coffee talk Linda Richmond plus Leah Remini sort of thing. And she was just like really cast well as an obnoxious. Just right. She did that thing, bitch. like, you know, it's, it's the
0: stereotypical thing, but if two people are talking, she wedges herself between them mm-hmm. and then gets like chest to chest with you, mm-hmm. which yep. is such an invasion and of she, personal
2: space. She clearly had eyes for Billy which is why she invited him out to dinner that night and he had to leave Gizmo in his desk. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile... He asks Phoebe Cates to go pick up Gizmo, and she's a little bit reticent to do that because she's like, I don't want to deal with Gremlins again, which, fair enough. Yeah. And in the meantime... I mean, we should point out that Gremlins 1 was strictly horror. Yeah.
0: Like, it was not the comedy that you're going to get with Gremlins 2. No,
2: there were funny aspects, but more so, like, funny because they weren't supposed to be funny. Like, the old lady getting launched out of her chair, like, out of the the stairway thing. Uh Uh-huh. Um, But this one was way, way more pointed comedy. And in the meantime, when she's waiting to get off her shift and go get Gizmo, he gets water dripped on him by like an errant water fountain kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So he spawns five new mogwais. Right and for some reason they're evil mogwais which i didn't understand there's one with like the same coloring as gizmo but he's like cross-eyed and googly-eyed and like crazy right and then there's a couple other ones that are just like mean they're just mean and they're differently colored and then there's the one with the mohawk
0: oh yeah you're right mohawk there's daffy
2: that must have been the weird one yeah the
0: one that's all over the place
2: Gizmo gets wet, new mogwais, they come out, they're evil. They lock him in an air vent, Mm -hmm. a la John McClane from Die Hard. And then Daffy, the crazy one, takes his place in the drawer. Right. So when Phoebe Cates goes to get him, she actually picks up Daffy and brings him home brings them back to their apartment, which I will give this movie credit for doing one of the things that I often find, for not doing one of the things that I often find so annoying in movies, which is when it paints characters who live and work these meager jobs living in these like palatial apartments in New York. Right. So like Friends, the show, obviously. But one of the big ones that bothers me is The Devil Wears Prada. So she's basically like an intern at a magazine and he's like an intern chef at some crappy restaurant. Yet they live in this like two bedroom loft apartment in downtown New York somewhere. Right. And there are a ton of other movies I could I could bitch about because of that. But this one worked on the level where like he's a an aspiring designer or whatever she's a tour guide and they live in a shithole like that was i so i was like uh oh, props to you gremlins you get it way to go joe dante awesome he probably lived it i'm sure he probably did so he gets it and then anyway they realize that it's not gizmo they go back to the office and by then all hell is broken loose mm-hmm. and that's kind of when you know the second act picks up and we're all entrenched in the gremlins becoming gremlins and that's where all the stuff to unpack factors in so let's talk about the clamp organization itself okay clamp is obviously a metaphor for like the grip that in this case technology and status and all that has on the people that work there and the people that engage with the clamp brand evidenced by the clamp logo which is essentially a wrench (laughs) squishing the world right the earth that still spins within like the arms of the wrench Clamp, we talked about, is supposed to be kind of like a satire of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And if you listen, all throughout the movie, there are these weird little, like, Easter eggs where one of them was um, over the PA. It said something like, well, whoever is driving the car with license plate, 193544, please move your car. Your car is old and ugly, and we do not (laughs) want to see it here, or something like that. There was another one where it was, like, it was something so, like, rudimentary, like, the revolving doors have ceased to revolve. Please use the manual doors for all your entering and exiting needs, and just stuff like that. That, like, you think of it in terms of 1990, but then you realize now, like, how much stuff is automated and smart, and right. all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of similar. Yeah, the way that the way that they presented that as like such a unrealistic depiction of, of this office oh, yeah. building, how everybody like relies on the technology, and the technology, and all in that in this building. The one thing I didn't understand was why they they took kind of half-assed approach to Clamp himself. Like he wasn't a bad guy, but he wasn't a good guy either. Because on I one feel like hand, that actor always plays that, you know, because he was the same way in Scrooge. I, I was gonna say I only remember him from Scrooge, and I thought he was pretty much a convincing Dick in Scrooge.
0: But he was also like he's smiley, happy when. So when I looked at it, that, it was he was a take on Donald Trump. I was like, because he's a nice looking guy full head of hair he's a mogul
2: yeah yeah like
0: i was like oh a real estate mogul i guess that but like everything else like the, the
2: character chair wasn't there for me well the thing that confused me was in the beginning his first appearance he's like trying to talk this old chinese man out of his home mm-hmm. and then he eventually demolishes his home right but then through the rest of the movie he's painted as this like sympathetic like wait you know about gremlins i'm gonna listen to you <laughs> as opposed to like i'm i'm the highest Power Man here, I know everything. Mm. Or, in the end, he even comes in with, like, the SWAT team, and he's, like... Going you know, over the rules and yeah, everything. Yeah, he's, 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 like, instructing them, being helpful and stuff like that. So it was just kind of a... Excuse me. It was just kind of, like, a, a weird pairing of traits.
0: Well, that's another take on how meta Joe Dante was, was because he was getting a lot of flack for the rules not being crystal clear in the first one. Oh. And so that's why they went back and... So that's why was, they
2: repeated him so many
0: right. times. Oh. And it was like, oh, but, you know when is it midnight and when that's the other
2: thing i wrote down like that was a really really good like that's a rabbit hole we could go down on that other show we're talking about doing (laughs) which is if an airplane carrying a gremlin crosses a time zone at nine o'clock p.m. Mm. and by crossing the time zone it turns into midnight like what's the rule there is it
0: where the sun is placed
2: in the sky i have or the no idea joe dante if you're out there tell us please something we'd love to know like and then there was another one where the same conversation they were saying like what if the gremlin gets like a sesame seed stuck in his teeth he eats the sandwich before midnight but the sesame seed comes dislodged after midnight like, right does that count as feeding him and that's how you create gremlins that's the rule for the
0: gremlins is the eating past midnight right but like if you just get a, a magwai wet it produces more mogwais you get a magwai to eat past midnight which they were doing right by like just connecting the the uh, the clock and everything like that to fake out what time it actually was
2: right that's when the gremlins are created. So I thought that was an interesting, like, yeah, I could I could have a philosophical discussion about this for quite a long time. The and sunlight air, is how you kill The airplane so, thing. Those are the three rules. So that was another thing I wrote down. I love the part where the gremlin comes out in the trench coat and flashes Phoebe Cates. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just unnecessary. And upon researching that, I realized, or I've learned that there's an action figure of the flashing gremlin. Really? Mm-hmm. He basically just comes around the corner, and he's like, ha And he doesn't have a dick, so it's like... <laughs> Check this out, but there's nothing there. And then she kicks him and he flies away. There's a Key and peel. have you seen this? I saw, I didn't watch it. I saw the thumbnails for it though. Right,
0: where they're talking, just having fun with how that writer's room must have been. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's amazing that they took that reference from 1990 and put it in their show, which was, what, three years ago. Yeah.
3: Just come on, lift up the spirits. Look, okay, I'm going to put a little bit of spice into the mixture here. What if we did this? Everybody here gets to design their own gremlin. Um, I I don't see that the the gremlin design is broken. It's called brainstorming, not brain drizzling, sweet pea. Okay, shut your mouth for a second. Look, here's the thing, none of this is final. So you mean like, what if there was like a brainy gremlin? (laughs) A brainy gremlin. You talking about a gremlin with glasses who could talk and sing New York, New York? That's brilliant, it's in the movie done. Whoa, whoa, you you said that nothing was final. That was before I heard the words brainy and gremlin in the same sentence together. It's done, I love it, it's in the movie, next. What about a uh, spider gremlin? You mean a gremlin with eight legs and a thorax just catching pretty ladies in a web in an office building? Oh my God, it's in the movie, I love it, next. What about a bat gremlin? You mean a gremlin with leathery wings just flying around, flip-flopping, bust through a wall, make a perfect bat symbol in the wall, get outside, get in some wet concrete, jump up on a building to just dry in place like a gargoyle gremlin. We are cooking with gas now. I love it, it's in the movie next. Could there be a female gremlin? Lipstick boobies, bitch, you have me and Little gremlin but JJ, I love it so much that it's not only in the movie, but it's definitely in the movie. There's no baxies on that one, no penny taxis Yes, 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 in the movie, done! That's why we need a woman in the writer's room. Next. I don't know, a googly-eyed gremlin? But you do know, because you talking about a gremlin whose sole purpose in this film is just that he looks stupid as fuck, yes? It can be in the movie, and it is in the movie. Done next. What about you, Silver Fox? Uh, Electricity gremlin? You just said noun and gremlin, like you play playing Mad Libs. you just like a child. You have the brain of a child. You do not have a high IQ, but you haphazardly came up with a gremlin that's just made out of bolts that is zigzagging all over the room and is done completely in animation. You a crazy person, and your idea's in the movie. Done next.
0: Uh, Can we put the Hulkster in it?
3: What? You talking about putting Hulk Hogan, professional wrestler turned actor turned cultural icon in the movie where he break the fourth wall of the movie he's in by talking to the audience. You, sir, How a raging psycho.
0: but everything that they throw in well the hulk hogan scene mm-hmm. where he's in the movie theater right yelling at the gremlins
1: we have gremlins in the projection could you have gremlins in this theater now okay you guys listen up People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the hunkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again the fact that the
0: with your version on Amazon did the tape burn up or did it go to static? It burned up okay because so that's the movie theater. Real that they did. Oh, okay. I guess if you did were watching it on VHS tape, they did like the VHS tape was getting screwed up. Oh, okay. Um, so that's super cool. And what that caused a lot of controversy because people actually were getting up from the movie theater thinking that the the real. Oh, really? Yeah. Was well, busted. what was
2: awesome was like the gimmick was that the Gremlins had taken over the production booth and they right. put on a different film, which was essentially the Tyler Durden strategy for Fight Club. <laughs> right. Because they put on what was in essence a porno. It was called Volleyball Holiday. And it was just topless women playing volleyball. (laughs) All of their parts were obscured by like tree branches and stuff, but like you got the gist of it.
0: It, Yeah. Once this movie goes off the rails, it is an amazing ride. Yeah,
2: it's no recovery. I like the fact that they show that the mom comes out all concerned, like, what is this? Why are they showing this? But then he goes back in the theater to get Hulk Hogan. Right. And everybody else is just kind of like into it. They're watching Volleyball Holiday, like, okay.
0: So even that was a a reference to a Joe Dante experience where a mom came out of Gremlins and said, this is not for kids. It shouldn't be PG. You know, because Gremlins was one of the top films that created the PG 13 rating. Oh, okay. And so the mom came out to complain to Joe Dante that if was PG. Like her daughter shouldn't be seeing that. Her daughter, meanwhile, was hiding in the movie theater to watch the rest of the film of Gremlins. Mom. And so he put that into the second, the sequel.
2: Well, fair enough. Meta is the right word to describe all these nods. At, yeah, meta at,
0: references and self-referential humor, said There here. were a
2: couple yes. things I didn't get, which maybe you can explain to okay. me. So there's a part where, <laughs> and I forget why. Oh, it's because he's arguing with the security guard about the, the Mogwais and the Gremlins. Billy gets taken to jail. And as he's being escorted from jail by phoebe cates who just bailed him out there's a a police truck that opens the back door and like six mimes climb out of it and they're all doing mime stuff like one's stuck in a box one's pretending to be in handcuffs one's doing the invisible rope Mm -hmm. nothing is ever said about it it's just like a really elaborate but specific background piece of of that scene right anything no, no i mean
0: that was it one totally thing. made sense when i was watching it in french
2: <laughs> that was one oh yeah i bet it does that was one thing that really just kind of threw me for an awesome you know for an awesome way but but was just like huh i don't quite get that it's
0: like one of those like we're saying when you know it goes off the rails it's one of those things where it's like every scene needs to be having there's something in the background you right know? like there's something that, you can that's what ma-
2: that makes me want to watch it again right the other thing, and this is even more like, well, oh, two more. There, There's one that was just like laughably disturbing when the, the brain gremlin, all the gremlins, not all the gremlins, but there are specific gremlins during the movie who break into the lab and drink specifically marked potions, mm-hmm. I guess you'd call them. One is marked with like a lightning bolt, so that turns him into electricity. Right, One's which I
0: foreshadowed with the mice.
2: Right, one is, the, yeah, the rat that powered the light bulb, that was pretty cool. <laughs> The one is like a um a food additive or something so he turns into a bunch of vegetables. Right. There's one that's labeled with a bat so he turns into a bat gremlin which was awesome. Right. He, he looked, that looked, was like
0: that probably was the freakiest part of the movie yeah, for he me when super I was scary.
2: 8. he looks super scary. But then there's the one that has just a picture of a brain on it and the gremlin drinks that and he turns intellectual. He mm. turns into this I compared him to Kelsey Grammer. Which sounding. was good. Yep. I think that's he sounds like this Kelsey Grammer slash like Victorian era accent gremlin who wears a suit has glasses talks very intellectually and there's a part where toward the end he's being interviewed by the vampire journalist who we'll get to in a minute and he's talking about what the gremlins want and he says that all they want is a society they want you know like a human society they want norms they want rules they want traditions and then (laughs) for no reason at all this other gremlin, who's just a regular crazy gremlin, pops up on the side of the couch that he's sitting on and goes like, blah, blah, <laughs> and he pulls out a revolver and just shoots him <laughs> for no reason. And he says something like, now, was that civilized? No, but it was fun.
1: That one of these creatures is somehow able to talk, and he's going to talk with us right now. I think the main question that people have is, creature, what is it that you want? Fred, what we want is, I think, what everyone wants, and what you and your viewers have. Civilization. Yes, but uh, what sort of civilization are you speaking the about, Preacher? The niceties, Fred, the flying points. Diplomacy, compassion, standards, menace, tradition. That's what we're reaching toward. Oh, we may stumble along the way, but civilization, yes. The Geneva Convention, chamber music, Susan Sontag. Everything your society has worked so hard to accomplish over the centuries, that that's what we aspire to. We want to be civilized. I mean, you take a look at this jail here. Now was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized.
2: That's the second time in the movie you see gremlins with guns. Because there's another part where there's an armory that they break into, and they right. don't really do anything with it. But like these gremlins, you realize, like he's got. Not only did, did he grow more intellectual, but he grew homicidal also. <laughs> so that hormone, you know, that could be another rabbit hole. Like, what were they pretending or what were they hoping to do with that potion exactly? Like, were they, what were they trying to create with that brain-labeled potion?
0: Well, I mean, what everybody wants to create with, like, the artificial intelligence and everything like I that. I guess.
2: But, I mean, they gave him—it was kind of like Blanca from Street Fighter. Like, they gave him— Good and evil, because he's talking about, like, the benefits of civilization, and then he just murders his friend.
0: The reason why I want more Gremlins movies is because it is such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Because we always say, like, oh, if something goes wrong with your car, there's a Gremlin in the engine. You know, like, uh-huh. they're, it, they're the mystical figure mm-hmm. of something that likes to create and wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. havoc. I want more. Yeah. You know, like, this film was it on steroids, and now I want... When they were trying to plan out the film, they wanted Gremlins 2 to be that the Gremlins had take over New York City. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Warner Brothers or the studio was saying, you're not going to get that budget. Right. And so they went, okay, well, we could do New York City in a building.
2: Right. <laughs> which is exactly what they
0: did. Which is exactly what they did. Now it's kind of like, well, I want the New York City one. Yeah, that would be sweet. And they were thinking Gremlins 3 might be Las Vegas. A Las Vegas Oh, that would one. be awesome.
2: Right. And then, of course... See, would you want it to be like campy and funny like gremlins 2 or more like gremlins the first i was one?
0: gonna get into this later okay but let's just ask the question now because you brought it up okay. what would you want gremlins series to be
2: i like the idea of las vegas i hadn't thought of that would I... you want
0: it to be campy like two or serious like one
2: like two i think i think so too especially in las vegas there would be way more opportunity for jokes than there would be for like serious you know like horror establishment and stuff like that right
0: because of all like the neon signs and everything. yeah and
2: just like you think about like even movies that are serious that are set in las vegas like i'm remembering the resident evil movie that like <laughs> brought them out to vegas like uh-huh. it still looked like they were fighting zombies at like a carnival <laughs> like which right you know i mean why would you why would you stray away from what's already there which is like this rich environment of you know potential comedy
0: because i i absolutely agree with you like that it reminds me of Evil Dead. Like, yeah. Evil Dead 1 was super freaky. Evil Dead 2, starting to get com- comedic and mm-hmm. everything like that. And then Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the Gremlins Army of Darkness.
2: Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen the first one, but I remember being like, I remember being less viscerally horrified by the second one than I was by the first one. And perhaps that's because I was younger, but... Are we talking Evil Dead? No, the Gremlin Gremlins Gremlins, okay. So the first one was scarier, mm-hmm. is basically what I'm trying to say. But it had bits of Things that were funny, but they weren't outright obvious jokes. Right. Like the lady flying off the stair thing. The second one was overtly funny. Obviously funny, campy, satirical, all that. But there were moments that were... Not scary but disturbing. Mm. Like when he shoots his friend the Gremlin was disturbing. Mine was the the winged gremlin. The winged gremlin, gremlin was, was pretty disturbing. I, yeah, um, when it when it attacks Mr. Futterman in the street was right. was disturbing and it actually like draws blood and bites him on the face and all that. And then there was the part that I was gonna bring up too. <laughs> No explanation. There's a reference made toward the end of the movie as they're about to unleash their plan of dropping the cloth and and showing the sun to all the gremlins where someone makes a reference in Phoebe Kate's presence to Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Do you know what I'm going to talk about here? Uh Uh-uh. And she, her eyes get all wide, and she says something to the extent of like, no, not Abraham Lincoln. And and the music gets all like dark and, and weird. And it zooms in on her and she says, she starts delivering this monologue where she's terrified. And she starts talking about like, it was the eighth grade field trip. Oh, yeah. And there was this guy and he had nothing but a trench coat. And he looked just like Abraham Lincoln. And he said, come here, little girl. Washington didn't give up, Lincoln didn't give Please. up. Please. What's wrong? Oh, don't mention Lincoln. Something terrible happened to me when you were on Lincoln's birthday. I was six or was seven, and I remember I had the day off from school, and Mom had let me go to the park. She made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was going through that peanut butter and jelly sandwich phase. And this man with this Honey, beard I'm... and a hat looked just like Abe Lincoln. Honey, I really don't see a good time raincoat. for this now, you know? He... I'm... I remember, oh, God, he said, hello, little girl. And then they drag her off screen and just cut to the next scene. No explanation. (laughs) Nope. For no previous references in this movie and if there was in the first one I don't remember it (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like the weirdest like I mean because what you're assuming is that like she was molested or she was at least flashed or somebody exposed themselves to her and they just completely like they bring it up and then it's just like swept into the trash (laughs) but it's like it's like heavy emotional (laughs) moment for her and then it cuts to like a gremlin like shitting in the salad bar or something (laughs) like that (laughs) Like like what Joe Dante again if you're out there, man,
0: tell us. Oh my gosh and Joe Dante right now is working on or he just got done working on Hawaii Five O.
2: The show or the movie, the show. Oh okay. never saw that. I like Scott Con,
0: but never saw that. <laughs> I just I, how oh, I just want a Gremlins 3. Now the problem though that I saw with Gremlins 3 is they think that they want to go super dark, okay. and it should all be about killing Gizmo because Gizmo oh, because he's the first gremlin. He's the first
2: gremlin. Ah. yep yeah, It's
0: all because of him that
2: all these things keep coming out. If the second one wasn't so memorable for what it was, I would say that would be awesome. Like maybe it would be it, it would end up being like Logan, I think. Like the first uh, two yeah. Wolverine movies were debatably, you know, either terrible or serviceable or whatever you want to call them and then Logan just came with this like wicked sucker punch of just darkness and R-rated blood, violence, gore, language, all that stuff and it worked right this if this were to be a trilogy i wonder what the effect would be having the first one be sort of dark the second one be obviously very light and comedic and then the third one going back to being somewhat dark i don't know if you could blend the two
0: i feel like you could do because really while it was comedic it was very comedic because they got into the lab and then you had all different kinds of gremlins right right Mm -hmm. so if you go back to no these are just pissed off batshit crazy gremlins oh like regular gremlins right like (coughs) you could in Enjoy different kind of varieties of gremlins wherever you put the next movie.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, they did have different, like, I mean, the other thing I thought was cool, too, like, even without the potions that they drank, the gremlins themselves didn't all necessarily look alike. Right. Like, they had very subtle, you know, like, there was one with buck teeth, there was one with the googly eyes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, and they, even if they weren't, like, overly elaborate, like, the spider gremlin and stuff, they still looked different enough to where they all had, like... Not personalities, but they were all distinct. And I thought that was cool. Like, I would rather see that than something like, like Resident Evil, where all the zombies are essentially zombies. Like, they all look, they're wearing different clothes, but they all basically look like zombies. Right. Like, that sort of thing. But I think, I mean, the idea of, like, having to kill Gizmo because he was the first gremlin is certainly intriguing, but it also makes me sad. Because I don't want to kill Gizmo. He's adorable. No. Yeah, to me that. At would the be... same time, though, like that's a real like heartstring puller. Like that's a, that could be a really emotional that's, movie. But it's really easy. It is. It's that's true because I mean it's like when, it's, it's like when the dog dies in a movie.
0: I, yeah, I was just gonna say John Wick. Right. It wasn't just any puppy. But it was a damn cute what, beagle puppy.
2: But that puppy wasn't responsible for a species of monster that was destroying the world. No. So that's where you have the the conflict there. Like on one hand he was adorable and we want to keep him. On the other hand what's more important? The survival of the human race or keeping Gizmo? This we'll is really Gizmo too. This is really philosophical. I is. like it.
0: But he was just like stuck in the cage.
2: Like he was just sitting there watching Rambo.
0: Rambo.
3: Rambo.
2: Yeah. That was perfect too. Like that was a perfect way to segue into him becoming Gizmo or whatever you right. call it. <laughs> which was awesome when he shot like I remember that as a kid when he shot the flaming whiteout because I probably went home and tried to light white out on fire well
0: not only that but that was like the crux of the
2: video game that you said you were oh, right yeah, yeah yeah he shoots pencils with the crossbow right. and
0: stuff did yeah. you ever get past level one in that i don't game? remember i i just remember going around the <laughs> office
2: i just remember wanting the game because i thought the graphics were really awesome like i was i was really into the way they looked and i thought like wow this looks like a more advanced video game than should be on a nintendo it wasn't <laughs> no it wasn't at all one other Weird piece of trivia
0: was the uplifting end-of-the-world video scene was included by the filmmakers when they found out that one of the news networks actually had such a video prepared to run in case of the the end-of-the-world. Really, CNN has a video for this purpose in its archive, and its staff are instructed to hold the video for release until the the end-of-the-world is quote-unquote confirmed
2: oh man i wonder how you would find that i would love to see that
0: it's uh, it's in gremlins too. that was no the- no no i it. know
2: i i know I'm, I'm not talking about the clamp one i want to see the cnn one somebody's got to know about it somebody edited it do they update it like because the clamp one was just american flags with like i wonder if it's kind of music like, and stuff like that right like the old days when they would just run the american
0: flag and then put you know the the star spangled banner over it right before the network
2: cut off for the night yeah man i feel like it's just that i wonder how many times like wow that's really that's an interesting concept see that's like an article i could see reading in like vice or something like that <laughs> like that's 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 that a would cool be a idea. good skit yeah i would love to be in the writer's room for that <laughs> so one thing we've glossed over and i don't know how so it turns out one of the hormones in the lab has the <laughs> i know why is this has this the, is disturbing has the symbols for both male and female sex on the bottle a gremlin drinks this and somehow turns into and i don't even know how to go on discussing this without (laughs) pissing someone off i'm gonna be careful but at the same time like i'm sure that there are like gender words and stuff i'm gonna say that might it's all about the pronouns Uh, okay so what, what was that character's name According to IMDb, uh-huh. that gremlin, what was that gremlin's name? Because I don't all- know
0: if they don't have like a specific... I'm pretty sure that gremlin had a name. If they don't have like specific lines or whatnot,
2: like Howie Mandel, I guess we should throw out, is Gizmo. Gizmo's voice, yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Randall <laughs> was Brain Gremlin. Okay, so it wasn't Kelsey Grammer. No, but uh, you know. Close enough.
0: Right. I think the audience gets the idea of what was going on. Okay, so that gremlin did not
2: have a name? Uh-uh. Okay, that makes it harder. Anyway this gremlin drinks her name okay so you just said her Right. Well, okay. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Let's go. We're gonna go if you'll if you'll rewind listeners, I was carefully saying that gremlin <laughs> the whole time and I was waiting for a name. So you, because you said her run the with it. Potion run with it. Was gender switch, right? And so I feel like How do you know that? I that's this is what I feel.
0: Okay. I feel like all gremlins inherently male. Okay. Because men are the more destructive of the species, I would say. That is a stereotype. And well and <laughs> I, I feel like I'm safe to say if I'm going against my own gender. Okay. right? <laughs> I suppose that's more more like... I reference myself as him, him, he. Okay. And I feel like if all gremlins are inherently male, okay, that potion switched the gender to female. And okay. that's why there's one Smurfette gremlin. Smurfette, I'm going
2: with that name. Well, even Smurfette has a female connotation to it, which is fine. I, for the <laughs> record, agree with you. I was just hoping you would jump first, <laughs> and you did. So... Oh, I see the trap. (laughs) It wasn't a trap. It was not a trap. It was a waiting game. So anyway, this gremlin drinks this potion with the symbols for male and female on the bottle. And by doing so, this gremlin suddenly gets the urge to put on a leopard print skirt, a sort of like tube top thing, a wig, lipstick. This gremlin grows breasts. Mm-hmm. This gremlin's lips become full and pouty. This gremlin puts on high heels. And so we we believe, or we're led to believe, that this gremlin turns into this sort of overly sexualized female version of a gremlin. Correct. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That said, this do you think there has ever been another discussion about Gremlins two along these lines?
0: Oh, in the world. I don't know. I'm nervous though, as I sit here on the edge of my seat of Are where you? we're
2: going. Yeah. I mean I don't think we're going anywhere bad. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, you know, speak <laughs> carefully. But Another aspect of this gremlin is that she becomes, oh, I said she, <laughs> <laughs> that this gremlin becomes I feel tra- like we should have a
0: point board. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Or like a buzzer. Right. This gremlin becomes attracted to, I think he was like the head of security. This sort of yeah, like, it was
0: clamps like Clamps like man. number two, like yeah. this
2: like douchey kind of out for himself. Was he militant? Did you say, what'd you say? I said number two. Oh, number two. He's okay. A, a yeah. He was more of like a cowardly kind of like number two, basically. Yeah. This gremlin becomes infatuated with him, and for the rest of the movie, after this gremlin appears, this gremlin pursues him mm-hmm. romantically. Now, a few questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> the potion was obviously not invented for gremlins. No. What were they hoping it would do to either humans or regular animals?
0: I mean, imagine in this day and age where we are becoming more open-minded. But this is 1990. I know, but okay. you know, imagine like today. Okay. We're watching right. it today. Okay. Because if you are a transgendered individual and you want to make the transformation, mm-hmm. you have to take hormones. Right. You might go under the knife if you're so inclined. Right. You know? Right. This potion one shot of it one and done one and done how amazing would that be for some of our
2: transgender community so assuming that's what it does that's quite a forecast into sort of the society we live in now Mm -hmm. same with like the brain formula the brain just give it to and everybody would be smart more or less yeah but i mean like the the private school kids of course would get it first (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't don't have a problem with that the um (laughs) But the the issue of, you know, transgender equality and all that sort of stuff was, I, I don't remember, I mean, I, I was eight or nine, but <laughs> in 1990, I mean, it's obviously, and maybe it's just because we're older and we're, you know, more exposed to it, but it seems like more of a hot button issue now than it would have been in 1990.
0: Well, I, they were severely marginalized back in the day, you know, right. like, I mean, we
2: were in college when
0: we were parading for gay marriage
2: rights, you know, True, so yeah. I think
0: like once the more public... Holy crap, what are we talking
2: about? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you want to just stop and go back and talk no, I about mean, the, the gremlin shitting in the salad bar? Once,
0: once, like, like the main fight really was for the equality of right. the gays. And then once that was settled, kind of, you know, we obtained the marital rights. Uh-huh. I'm stuttering like a fiend.
2: I know, you can tell you're terrified. <laughs>
0: Well, once we satisfied marital rights, then you start going off, okay, what's else on the list? Right. And then we started taking- Well, the other
2: thing, too, obviously, in 1990, Facebook didn't exist, Twitter didn't exist, so there was less pervasive media that could influence decisions and discussions and stuff like that. Correct. So they sort of probably just did this. I mean, I'm not guessing that whoever came up with the idea to include it in the film intended it to be this, like, large philosophical linchpin that would spark debate i think they just wanted a sight gag obviously (laughs) and that's what they got and it was a good one it was funny it was creepy whatever i'm just thinking about your friend that recommended this movie being like yeah if you're if you're listening to this you know this is a lot of recommendation (laughs) i'm not going to name names but listen to what you've done (laughs) anyway so, the gremlin who, who took the potion... Smurfat <laughs> Smurfat gremlin. At the end of the movie, the closing scene, which you want to describe what happens? So, at the end of
0: the movie, number two is standing at the door. His face covered in lipstick. Oh, and
2: because she's because lashed herself onto him. Right. And- I
0: mean, she is not ask for consent for no. whatever's going on. Fair enough. And then he looks over and she's wearing a, a bridal gown, a wedding dress, Okay. walking down toward him with smooching lips. Uh-huh. And then the last image you see is him just kind of giving in.
2: Well, he shrugs his shoulders and he's like, eh, what the hell?
0: And she is, like, there's no redeeming, like Princess Fiona in Shrek. You're like, oh, no. At least she's
2: sweet. And she's a
0: sweet-hearted, and kind individual. on the inside. Correct. I mean, this gremlin was ugly throughout. <laughs> no,
2: she was She was certainly painted a certain way and very deliberately, and it came across that way. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the end of the movie. They saved the day by unleashing an electrical charge into a lobby full of gremlins. All the gremlins exploded, mm-hmm. and from there... The, well, it was
0: the electric gremlin.
2: Oh, right. One of the gremlins got trapped in the phone lines, I think it was. And, and this
0: was probably the first time that I heard New York, New York... Oh, really? You know, the first time I probably appreciated it and then found out that it was a Frank Sinatra <laughs> like mm. song. Probably somebody did it
2: before Frank Sinatra. I have no recollection of hearing New York, New York before this movie, so maybe me too. Right? I don't right know. Is
1: everybody here? <laughs> hey, right there. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today I wanna be a part of it New York, New York Yes, sir These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray And step around the heart of it New York, New York
2: I was probably like, oh, that's the Gremlin song. Yeah. So that said the gremlin who's trapped in the phone lines is pure electricity and they like press the hold button and shoot him out into the lobby which has been covered in water mm-hmm. and all the gremlins explode from the electrical charge that kind of leaves up for debate the effect that like apparently there's more than one way to kill a gremlin although i guess that wasn't really debate because mr Clamp put one through a shredder there was one that got shot so i guess there are plenty of ways to kill a gremlin yeah electrical charge yeah they're which just is one living of, beings yeah for some reason i was thinking it was exclusively sunlight but Easy. that's because that was just a big plot of point of the movie. Right. What well, was the easiest way? And then the credits are hijacked by Daffy Duck and that's Bugs the bunny. end of the movie. Yeah. Do you think this is the most philosophical discussion we've ever had on the show? This is the most nervous discussion that I've had on the show, <laughs> probably. I don't want it to be nervous.
0: I remember, like, you know, Boiler Room, we we got a comment of somebody saying, like, I'm glad these two white guys are... <laughs> explaining explaining to me about racism. racist jokes, yeah, yeah and stuff great. like that. So this one is probably another two cisgendered male.
2: Well, if I had to take away anything, I would say that Gremlins 2 was a movie that made me laugh. More importantly, it made me think. <laughs> and that's why
0: we're here. And that's why we're here. I think I will stand by this, that if somebody says, I... I'm a film buff. I'm a movie buff. I love all movies. And if you go, did you like Gremlins too? If they say no, then they're not a true movie buff. And why is that again? Just because of... So this movie came about because Joe Dante thought there was too much time between the movies Mm -hmm. for a sequel. Okay. And so when they're like, no, we want you back to do this, he was like, well, only if I get full control
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Warner Brothers, in a shocking move, gave it to him and he was able to make whatever movie he wants mm-hmm. And this is obviously a director's wet dream because mm-hmm. he threw every, he threw all the noodles at the wall mm-hmm. and the crazy ones stuck you mm-hmm. know like this is this is through and through a Joe Dante creative vision mm-hmm. And I think if you're a film buff, And if you're a film student, you have to be able to appreciate everything that went into this movie. Like, how just batshit crazy it is. It's true. This would be... Like, they were saying Tarantino, like, Big Hit was a Tarantino film. Like, Tarantino is the same way. He's a writer, director. He's in full control of what he puts out. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Like, that is an artist's vision gremlins too i think you could put up there at the same time like this is an artist's vision
2: for a different way yeah I would, I would definitely agree with that i mean it was i can't think of another movie from like you know say like 87 through like 93 that pokes fun at itself and satirizes itself and all that sort of stuff the way this movie does right except maybe and I don't remember when this was released. Did you ever see Amazon Women on the Moon? No. Also directed by Joe Dante, I believe. Are you kidding? If you want to double check that. I,
0: would, I will double check that right now.
2: I'm pretty sure it is. What's it about? It's, a
0: 50-foot woman on the moon? No.
2: Amazon Women on the Moon is a, what would you call it? It's like a send-up of old B-movies interspersed with little short story kind of vignettes. That are Segments, all just, yeah. That are all just kind of nonsense but they're hilarious.
0: You're absolutely right. So it was. Joe okay. Don- yeah. Well, there's multiple, there's <laughs> five directors. Oh, there. well there were shorts. So All I'm right. sure
2: that people helped out. Yeah. But he was the, um, he was, yeah, he was the director I saw that was listed. I won't say anything about it because I'd like to see, I'd like to hear your honest take on it. If you can find it, watch it. It's, it's pretty funny.
0: The other thing I was thinking about on one of my long drives to the corner of Cleveland was our show. If we don't talk about these movies, Gremlins 2 is kind of well known. Like they're, People know about this one. But like the big hit, Congo, these movies, if we don't talk about them, they're going to get lost. You know, like How Green Was My Valley is Academy Award winner. Nobody knows how that is or Laura. So we're kind of like we're historians of the of the middle of the road films. Yeah. So if Amazon Women on the Moon might get lost if we don't talk about it.
2: Then we, we definitely owe it a service. Yeah, watch it's got it.
0: Six point two on IMDb, so that's a D. Low uh, D.
2: Yep. Watch it and tell me what you think, because I would be very interested to hear. That's I a movie. Mean, that's a movie I never thought I'd talk about ever again. The, but yeah, the
0: top name on it is Arsenio Hall.
2: Yep. The tenth name on it is Phil Hartman. David Alan Greer's in there too. Michelle
0: somewhere. Pfeiffer, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants is in it. Is he? I don't yeah, remember he's in that the one. Hair looming. His name is Syd Swardlow.
2: I'm on. Okay, so yeah, do we have any reviews of Gremlins 2? Destin Howe at the Washington
0: Post also approved of the film, including its special effects and the parodies of Trump, Turner, Ted Turner. Oh, and some Ted of them Turner, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Gen X Labs, Cable Television, and the film Marathon Man. And then some of the critics of the film said it had what the original lacked, which was wit. They didn't think like the first one was witty at all. Well, this one was pretty witty, so... Yeah, no, it didn't <laughs> perform well at the box office. It didn't make its budget back. No. But once I get went on home video at that time like that was that was money. I don't know how home video is doing. But today you know. it made $4 for
2: me. <laughs> there you go. Because I rented was it that on, on Amazon? Amazon Prime. Yep.
0: There.
2: Amazon no, on Prime. On YouTube it was two ninety nine. Yeah, it said three nine, or it said two ninety nine for Amazon, but then when I got there it was like an upcharge or something. They always get you.
0: Um, Gremlins 2 was released on U.S. theaters on June fifteenth, 1990, the same day as Dick Tracy. Ah. And what they said was they released it against Dick Tracy to try and take money from Dick Tracy. So another film was still the reigning champion. Like, it was... Like it was a vindictive move against Dick Tracy.
2: Ah, uh, so maybe we could have a Gremlins versus Dick Tracy crossover. <laughs>
0: there you go. I would
2: love to see that. But yeah, merchandising. I owned a Mogwai doll. They I'm were probably going to go look on eBay for a Mogwai as soon as this is over. Yep. There's plenty to be said about about the longevity of Gremlins, I think. So, what would you say? Should we wrap it up? Have we gotten ourselves into enough trouble? I feel like, I, you know what? I love everybody. I, so, if somebody paints
0: me the wrong way, I do love everybody. That's true. And I would hope that a portion like this. This someday exists.
2: Fair enough. So, uh, Gremlins 2, usually we end the show with with our signature phrase, which we will, but I'm going to add to that preemptively that I think this movie was was good.
0: I'm glad that your friend recommended... If you haven't seen it for no. like 20 years, mm-hmm. like
2: that is amazing that your
0: friend recommended it because yep. this film needs to be revisited from anyone. And the good thing is you don't have to go see Gremlins to oh, no. see this one.
2: Not at all. Just, In fact, you'd probably be better off not seeing Gremlins first. Right.
0: If you just want to lay back and laugh and enjoy kookiness Mm -hmm. that's gremlins 2
2: and so with that said we have to agree that gremlins 2 the new batch wasn't that bad (laughs) and with that We will ask you to get at us on Twitter. We're sure you're going to have a lot to say. And um, if you've got some movies you'd be interested in hearing us recap and review on the show, let us know either on the Podbean website in the comments or via Twitter, via Facebook, whatever. Um, We'd love to hear from you. And with that said, we will peace out. Have a good one. All right, later.
0: gremlins 2 was produced by amblin entertainment it was distributed by warner brothers second chance cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out closing credits music is from the film soundtrack composed by jerry goldsmith thank you for listening to this episode of second chance cinema if you have any comments questions corrections or would like to recommend a movie for a future show you could reach us at 2 chance cinema at gmail.com we have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MCNsPro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndChanceCinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us, leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to, as those simple steps make such much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on, and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you! And I think it's about time. Don't you that American audiences come together and unite for one singular cause? It's time, America, that we got a Gremlins 3. Think about it. As you enjoy